0: So, join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785 833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers 785
1: There are some sins of the TBP past that I don't want to pay for, but I'm happy to give some context to the roller coaster that became our career.
0: Episode 426 with Kimberly Perry from the band Perry. Um, So, you know, I wanted to start this by going, hey, I I want to know, like, your preferred boundaries and talking about your solo career versus the band. But also, it's an interesting dynamic because the band is her family. Yeah. And, like, I wanted to know what she wanted because I I now reference that. A lot of people will reference these really long interviews in their research, just like we do with other people, too. And so I kind of wanted her to say it so they would know. Because the last thing that I ever want to do with someone is make them so uncomfortable talking about something they don't want to talk about. I'll definitely go over there if I feel like it needs to be addressed. But I don't want to stay somewhere they're uncomfortable with. So I was like, how much you want to talk about the band? I think Kimberly Perry's awesome. She's great. I was trying to think about like why I like her so much. And I think it, she just feels like she's Not struggling to figure out what to say because she's just saying how she feels. A lot of artists or a lot of people being interviewed, you're like, okay, what would be a good answer to this? She doesn't really do that. She just says what she feels, and that feels pretty refreshing. I think that's why. And did we talk about in this her trainer? Oh, yeah, that's in there. Towards the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So um, Okay, so she just released a new EP called Super Bloom on... October 27th, which is an extension of Bloom that came out in June. Uh, there's a song on there called Black Corvette, which I didn't know the story about until you hear it. It's a great story. Will you play a clip of the song? Cherry cherry. And we do talk about the band Perry. And she says a couple things, and I let it go by a little bit, but then I have to go back to it and go, like, what did you mean when you said this? Mm-hmm. Because my understanding is maybe she thinks everybody – has this idea and feels a certain way because she's so involved when I was just like I don't think everybody feels this way but I really enjoyed this talk um the band Perry for example If I Die Young here's this one here If
1: I Die Young
0: which was massive crossover and then she did If I Die Young 2 on the Super Bloom yep which is this
1: time
0: so check it out all right, there you go, Kimberly Perry. Really enjoyed it. Episode 426. Follow her at the Kimberly Perry on Instagram and TikTok, and enjoy. Hello, Kimberly Perry. It's It's always weird to do a formal introduction after we've been talking for 15 minutes. <laughs> Hello, Kimberly Perry. Um, you just were at the studio at my house, and I think what's funny is, is as you arrived, you saw your trainer here.
1: <laughs> oh, I thought it was funny too. She did not think it was funny. <laughs> um i owe her a call i just totally blew out workouts last week and i was like you know i'm just early morning what a so. way to get caught <laughs> i know
0: you come in to do an interview so you're a good old friend bobby and you run into <laughs> your trainer that you've been avoiding who's here with my wife i did not know that i, I, I would have hid you i would have I squeezed you in through like I a side mean, tunnel thank
1: you i love her so much but i my heart immediately felt convicted mm-hmm. uh and my body felt shamed
0: <laughs> how, how has it been the last month or so for you. How old is the baby?
1: So the baby is 12 weeks.
0: 12 weeks. It's, been, it's, it's been 12 weeks Can you already? Believe it? I know. Well, I don't know if you posted the Instagram, uh, you know, whatever, the, the update. It current. was just a
1: few days after he was okay. born.
0: Okay. So, that, so that's crazy then it. that it's that long ago.
1: It's amazing. I mean, it's been both the longest and quickest 12 weeks of my life. You know, I haven't really ever been around babies ever. I think they're so sweet and cute and cuddly, but I just had no experience. And, I think Johnny and I were like, I know our whole life is going to change. We just didn't know how. And now, now I know.
0: So can I ask you some questions about, not please. selfishly. No, please. All, these are all very <laughs> selfish questions. Because we are at the stage now where we're starting to talk about having kids. Okay. She's not pregnant. No, nobody print an article. She's not pregnant. I promise. <laughs> I she's not, no, she's not <laughs> that, pregnant in any way. But we definitely are having those conversations now. Yeah. The baby part, the baby, baby part seems awful.
1: Okay, so every I just want to be transparent.
0: I, I need you know real talk. you have
1: people who go like the newborn phase was not my favorite. As a mother, I feel like I just want to be honest. I, I love him more than anything, and I would give up any minute of sleep for him to be our baby. I'm so grateful for that, but it is a challenge. And. We have had kids older, right? I always was like, it's got to be so hard to have kids in your early 20s for sure. A lot of people are waiting longer. I think it's equally harder older because we were like so set in our patterns and in our schedule. It's like I can grind all week and then sleep for hours on Saturday, kind of catch up, don't have that same option anymore. Um, And I'm loving it. It's like a science experiment every day.
0: That's so hilarious because yeah, I bet it is. I mean, it's
1: crazy. We're really figuring each other out. And for me, the hard I'm a communicator. So the hardest thing for me was like all give and no receive for the first, I don't know, 10 weeks. But then the last two weeks, he's like smiling and he's laughing. And we're doing this thing where we can communicate this little gurgle sound. Mm-hmm. And he thinks it's hilarious that we're communicating. So for me, we're getting into that phase where it's like, okay, you're giving me just a little bit of communication back. And so I'm, I'm loving that part of it. But it's a challenge, definitely.
0: Are you all the time exhausted?
1: Yes. And so when we do that, thank God um, we've been able to bring in like a night nurse.
0: I was going to ask if you had help because my wife was like, we don't need help. And I'm like, no, 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 I can actually afford help now. So
1: no, dude, let me tell you. So the first night that we came home from the hospital, we were going to have a night nurse like three nights the first week. And then when we had him in the hospital, I was like, let's just cancel. We've got this. (laughs) (laughs) So we come home the first night and I just thought like you would put a baby down in a bassinet and he would sleep and, and leave
0: the room, and all of a sudden, leave the room. Goes, yes, yes.
1: We got a bottle of wine. We ordered some sushi, and all of a sudden, it like you know, ten p.m. I was like, we don't got this, and it was a really, really wild night. So I texted um, Amandine with Mama Moon at like three o'clock in the morning. I was like, you have to have somebody here tomorrow. Like, I need somebody to teach me what I'm doing. And so we've had help. Um, so it wasn't all
0: just naturally days. maternal.
1: No, I mean, I think loving him is. I think, like, cuddling him is. I say
0: that kiddingly because I, I… No,
1: but, like, yeah. understanding how sleep patterns work. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is science, right? Like, yeah. he, his naps are in a 45-minute rhythm. And then if you want him to sleep for two sets of 45, I got to make sure that he, like, crosses that gap between the two. So I got to soothe him. He can't self-soothe I do that, with, I do that yet. with Mike. Same you do? I do
0: Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So are you emotional? That's the, no. Are you intellectually tired as well because you're learning all of this stuff as well as emotionally and physically are all three hitting you at the same time I think for
1: me it's more physical I don't feel emotionally tired I do it's it's definitely physical intellectually I love to google so like I'm in the middle of the night I was saying right before we got started I'm doing the 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. shift right now so from about like midnight to 2 a.m. I'm just like learning on google um, and asking every question that can pop in my mind I thrive on information um, so that's been really cool. It's just the physical part of it. It's just unlike anything I've experienced so far.
0: meaning afterward, you're just broken down your body or physical being awake all the time I'm at, physical this being for, awake
1: all the time by for, the way,
0: this could not even be recorded. I'm asking selfishly this is not no, even far, I, be, yeah,
1: I think it's a great conversation to have, especially for the line of work that that we're all in, right? Like we grind so many hours of the day. It's just a different kind of grind. I had just never really experienced like sleep sleep deprivation in the same way um, and so. I'm an incredibly patient person. And then there are these moments when my husband it just has to go like, hey, this is you tapping out for a minute, right? And I'm like, you've you got to take him for the next couple of hours. We definitely had great teamwork. Um, but the sleep deprivation, I just,
0: I just wasn't prepped for at all. What was being pregnant like?
1: I enjoyed it. I, I mean, I wasn't like one of those women that was like, I love being pregnant. I can't wait to do it again. But it was so rewarding for me for a few reasons because – um, I think body consciousness in my career has always been something that was like, okay, unless you are 120 pounds, like you're not going to win this award or you cannot put out a single if you're 10 pounds overweight and do a shoot for it. Like that was so in my head that the success of music was directly proportionate to what the scale said for me. Um, and I think that it was an interesting day to grow up in artistry too, because in one hand, on one hand, Like social media and TikTok, everything that is so raw and let's see all behind the scenes of everything has been a benefit to not have to really like have everything hinge on perfection. I think it's it's better that we know our artists behind the scenes these days. But for me, growing up in the first half of our career, it felt very much like perfection. I remember having a somebody at our label call me one time the first time I showed up at like a radio show early in the morning which you guys can appreciate, at like 5 a.m. I was like, I just can't do makeup this morning, you know? And then I got a call about it. It was like, don't ever show up. Really? <laughs> so for me, I think being pregnant was getting to be perfectly imperfect, if that makes sense. And it was sort of like just embracing this season of womanhood versus, um, I don't know, just something that I had not gotten to embrace before. And that was incredibly special for me.
0: So you kind of like, kind of like being pregnant?
1: I liked the freedom of it, yeah. That's
0: why I would like to get pregnant.
1: <laughs> you should do that.
0: <laughs> because there's no choice. You're going to produce you gotta, totally. you're going to have a kid and it's not like you can not because I there's a pressure I put a pressure on myself. I think we all have depending on our career, but yeah. both of us do something that's very visual as well. Yes. And with the television shows that I do, like and people can laugh, but I have to stay a totally. certain fitness level or and it's not to the same standard as women, I'm not saying that. But I know for a fact that if I don't look a certain way, there are certain shows that just won't even... Totally. Won't even have the the patience to even talk to me about it. Totally. And so that if I were to get pregnant, which can't happen obviously, but it'd be so cool that I could be like, I can't do anything about it, guys. I'm pregnant. Yeah. So I do understand that as I joke about it. Yeah, you have no choice but to accept it almost.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it it was just a very freeing thing for me. And it was also cool to like see people respond to it with, hey, you're building uh, motherhood and music at the same time. And both felt very, they're both from the ground up again for me.
0: Did people know? touch you? Like the bell, you didn't. No. Good.
1: And I'm grateful for that. Like, there were some people that would ask permission. And if I knew them well, I was like, yeah, sure. Like, would you say can now? you believe he's here? But I have not said, nobody has put me in an awkward position, thank God. But um, That's hilarious. I don't love it, yeah, when people come up and just do the, hey, let me... Mm-hmm. makes me
0: uncomfortable see that's also why i wish i could be pregnant because i'd like people to do that to me touch me <laughs> just randomly come up so and just, weird. just rub rub the belly Very strange. do you yeah. feel like i just want to go back to one of the things you said a second ago where you said you went to a radio show in the morning and just the unfair um pressure on artists or women
1: yeah
0: both and separately at the same time do you feel like your brothers would get the same call
1: um i don't i don't i mean i that's a funny way to ask that because I think like we all felt different pressures in different ways, but theirs was not as much physical. I think the nature of our band, though, because we all felt like perfectionism is something that we had to produce. I do think they put a lot of pressure on themselves in the same way that you know you're talking like we got to stay fit. We had a trainer out on the road. Um, I think everybody liked to look good, right? Like we all enjoyed that, but um, I don't feel like they would have gotten the call from outside the unit, if you will.
0: Hang tight. The Bobby cast will be right back. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com.
1: T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music And we're back on The Bobbycast. Where do you stand on the band, talking about the band, how it relates to your solo career now? Because I'm sure you don't want to hop into every interview and the whole time talk about the band. I wouldn't want to talk about the band Perry the whole time. Right. But like, what is your what What would your goal be if you walked into, let's say, um, you know, somebody's doing some content and they're talking for 20 minutes. They're going to want to talk about the band Perry because that's sure. how all of us were introduced to you. What would be your perfect situation when you walk in time-wise, (laughs) percentage-wise?
1: I mean, I think for me, it's about the first round of conversation, right? Like, I think even when I got to do um, your show earlier in the year, I was like, we're definitely going to talk about TVP because there are a lot of unanswered questions. Not only like, why did we put the band on hiatus, but let's be honest, like the last handful of years. I mean, I saw this thing on TikTok that um, another outlet uh, put out and they were like, country bands that killed their career, you know? And it was like kind of a bummer on one hand because the facts were just wrong. (laughs) But I noticed that like every other hit on that TikTok page, it was like 1,500 views and likes. It said like 1.2 million. And I'm just like, I know that people have um, unanswered questions. And so I want to be patient and answer those as much as I can. I also, though... it's really important that everybody understands i'm a new female artist right i was grateful to be a part of that but i am an artist amount right there are some um sins of the tbp pass that i don't want to pay for and i won't pay for as a solo artist but i'm happy to give some context to the roller coaster that became our career some things that we could control and and other things a lot of things that we
0: couldn't and and i asked that question because for example, we'll sit here for an hour and do whatever, and a lot of people will reference this interview because we'll spend a lot of time talking about a lot of different things. Sure. And in research for interviews that you'll do with other people, people will hear this interview. Yeah. And so I ask that because you're not talking to anyone specifically, but you can literally say, you know, I don't mind a couple questions about it, but I freaking don't want to talk about it for all 20 minutes if we're doing a 20-minute. Totally. So, like, really, right now in your this season of you, people want to know, but how much until you get annoyed?
1: Probably, like... Because I understand where I'm at, I'm down for sixty, forty, sixty towards Kimberly, forty towards TVP wow. for this first round of
0: better than I thought it would be me, me
1: putting out music.
0: I'd want like ten percent. Like really? I'll give you like two <laughs> questions and then you can hit one at the end. Yeah. But but and I was trying to be respectful of you even when you came in the first time. And I was like, hey, I don't know if you want to talk about the band Perry or not. Yeah. Because maybe you don't.
1: I think context matters though. I think even making this project that I made had a lot to do with bridging the gap between um, part one of my life, part one of my creative and this part two. And so to me, I'm like never want anybody to feel like there are things that I'm not willing to talk about. And I guess for that reason, again, on this first round of my solo artistry, I'm down for the 60, 40 if people want to go there.
0: What was home like as a eight year old?
1: For me? Yeah. Oh,
0: as an eight year old.
1: Well, Neil would have only been one year old at that point. Um, he was a very serious baby. So it wasn't too loud around the house. Um, I, though, as the oldest, I remember would always want to still be performing then. Like I had the performance bug really, really early. And so we have these home videos of, you know, my mom like rocking Neil and Reed was a little toddler and I was just in the background going, somebody present me, like present me, present me, mama, you know? So I think, um, I always had to be entertained, but was always wanting to entertain. Like I was not just a, I could not have been an easy kid, even at eight years old. I was just wanting everybody to pay attention to me.
0: Where do you think that came from? As in, were your parents performers or did you have two brothers and now you needed to fight for attention because you had babies? Where do you think it came from?
1: I think there's always some of that with the older kid, um, for sure. I think I definitely was used to all the attention. My grandparents were extremely involved in my earliest years. Uh, My aunt and uncle, it kind of took a village to raise me in the beginning. Um, and so I feel like I was just used to a lot of attention and then I think also it's my nature Like I do think that people have a destiny and I think we are I think you're born to do exactly what you're doing I think i'm born to do exactly what i'm doing and I I think those things show themselves very early In fact, we even talk with wit i'm like I just can't wait to see like what are his earliest signs of like the thing that he loves that he's naturally so gifted at um gurgling gurgling he's gonna be a
0: professional gurgler I mean, you heard it here first
1: <laughs> an olympic yes gurgler um and for me i think those were just early signs of what i was meant to
0: do all uh, right so forgive me for not knowing yeah. your parents situation were, were your parents there were they alive yes okay you said aunt uncle because my grandma raised me My mom was out for a lot of my life i didn't know my dad so yeah. everybody's situation is different so i don't want to be insensitive Your. so you say a village everybody lived close to each other
1: yeah. So um, I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi. We were in Madison, Mississippi. So my grandparents actually moved from Texas to be closer um, to, to all of us. Um, my dad's parents lived on the Gulf Coast, so they were just a couple hours away. But it was really the maternal side that was really involved. Um, I think my mom and her sister wanted kids to grow up together and have cousins. And we were just incredibly, incredibly close.
0: Were they musical at all? Your parents, aunts, grandmas? Like how...
1: No. I mean, everybody asked this. My mom was really good um at piano, and I think my dad loved music, but neither one of them like to the level that we pursued. I think it was something they were really excited that I got into really young. Um I tested, I think when I was in fifth grade, I tested in like the top percent on the music aptitude test, and that was the moment that they were like, I'm sorry, do we have a musician in our house? And They really started to do everything to facilitate that for me from that age. And I think Reed and Neil, as they got older, um, that looked like a really, like a blast to be able to play music. Do you think they would have
0: wanted to do music if you hadn't?
1: That's a great question. I think, um, I don't know.
0: We're following leads in life generally. Yeah. We're all following some sort of lead in some place. And their older sister, who they think is cool, at least at some point. Right. And she's singing and... You know, would they have wanted to follow that up if you weren't? If you just were like, "I hate music," um, you know what? I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go be an uh, engineer.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think th- being the oldest, I definitely think that that had a lot of influence on the path that the family took. I do. Um, I think my brothers are also really gifted at so much. So I'm, I'm curious to see what happens from this point. You know, Neil is an incredible photographer. Um, he loves music. Um. But he's kind of like an artist, 360 artist, if you will. So I'm wondering how all that will coincide. And then the same thing for Reed. Like, Reed has a brain that works like a scientist. He is a food scientist. So I'm like, when can I come to your Michelin three-star restaurant? I can't wait. Um, and he, I would say, brought a lot of the taste and the aesthetic to the band, meaning both like the sounds of the records, but also a lot of the visual. He was kind of like our bar, um, when it came to that. So, they're so gifted in a lot of similar ways to me, but also vastly different. So as their sister, I'm just curious to see like how all of that will play out for all of us.
0: When you turn point. 12, 13, 14 years old, uh, are you the musical kid in seventh, eighth grade? Are you the Yeah, you, so the clarinet kn- player. So they know you, <laughs> your classmates know you love music. Yes. Are, and do you have, cl- were you homeschooled or did you have No, I was
1: in, I was in public school. Okay.
0: So your classmate, you're the music person, but what did you think? was like at the ceiling for music. Because I'm from a small town in Arkansas. Yeah. There was no doing this where I come from. Yeah. It wasn't that I dreamed of. Because I saw it, I thought I could do it. Yeah. So, But what was the ceiling in Jackson, Mississippi to you musically? Or was it just not music? It was just something you were doing for fun at the time?
1: No, I think the ceiling was very, very tall. Because I was like obsessed with going to shows even. At nine years old, the first gift that I was ever given with music was tickets to the New Kids on the Block show. And it was at this stadium. And I was the kid that thought, you know, they were going to pick out one girl in the audience to come on stage so Jordan Knight could, like, sing to her with his shirt blowing, you know, with the fan. And I was just, I knew it was going to be me. Um, It never dawned on me that it wouldn't be <laughs> on the stage. And so he didn't choose me, so I left early. <laughs> like, even before hanging tough, I was out of there. Um, And so I think I always had this sense of, like, my parents exposed me to big stages as a fan, really early on and I think while maybe not like in sixth grade when I started playing clarinet in band I don't know at that point that the dream was as big as that new kids on the block stage but I also never probably questioned whether or not I could be on a big stage if that makes sense
0: how did you have confidence where did that come from because you feel like a confident kid at least in that capacity Mm -hmm. like how who who gave you I just didn't know
1: better probably (laughs) like um I mean, I went. I was bullied considerably in eighth grade. For? Um, I don't know. It was other girls at the school. And my parents actually had to take me out halfway in the middle of my eighth grade year. Because um, these girls, like, they just proper tried to jump me after class one day. And I think some guy had said that I had said something really bad about this girl that I didn't say. And I just like was very confused by the whole thing. So I would say pre-eighth grade... I didn't struggle with confidence at all. I think after my eighth grade year, that was my first taste of like, somebody doesn't like me, you know, or this whole place is kind of against me in this way. I had never felt that before. And looking back now, I remember when they took me out for the second half of the year, like I couldn't stay awake during the day. And now I was like, oh, I was like depressed, (laughs) you know, I didn't know that then. Um, But I kind of had to regain confidence at certain pivotal moments in my life. And that was the first one. In my adult life, it would have been post divorce. Um, and so, what sometimes had come naturally to me confidence, hope I had to regain those pieces at certain moments in life.
0: I'm sorry that happened to you in eighth grade. That's crazy. Traumatic. That sucks. Yeah, I'm really sorry that happened to you. Uh, so, here you are. you I, I, I just, with me, th- these cycles of the same things that happened over and over in my life to where you say, you know, these these girls in eighth grade affected you and it, it affected you later in different ways. Yeah. It, it did. I mean, it has for me too, for right? Sure. Like, did it get hard again when you guys achieved a certain amount of success and you could actually start to see the feedback that wasn't good? Did it yes. feel the same? at the, Like almost like that, like at its core, like sometimes when people will talk bad about me, it'll feel like I'm being beat up again in fifth grade. Yeah, Just for, it just feels like the same. Did it feel like that at all?
1: Yeah. It was like, especially when social media really became a thing. Um, I would always tell my brothers, Neil was just like thick skin, could read anything about us positive or negative and be fine. Any negative comment, if there were 200 positives and one bad, I just really struggled with it. And I think it was, I think it was triggering back to that earliest feeling of almost doom. Like it felt like it's very like doom Mom, like everything's gonna fall apart, everything's gonna end based on this <laughs> one comment. Um, I think I have a lot more of a thick skin now, but only because I've arrived back to a place of confidence in the last like couple of years. To be honest, um, but yeah, I would feel those way about. I was like, you just can't tell me about it because if I know it exists, it will not get out of my head right. for days.
0: Yeah, I would. I would have. I would spiral at times.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. And it, again, I don't know if you felt this way. It didn't matter how many positives were
0: there and they were overwhelming. And you would find the one negative. The
1: one. And I just, I couldn't, and I had one, um, i put out this song. Embarrassingly God, Holly. I'm wearing the merch today. Um, but I put it out last week and there was so many wonderful comments on my Instagram. And there was this one woman who just like, it clearly was not about my version of Holly, (laughs) you know, like the hatred. And I was just like, you know what? I don't even feel this bless her i was like what's going on in her life she's having a bad day and i was like okay this feels nice to be at this like very arrived moment now, i don't want to welcome nobody test me in this <laughs> like don't fill up the comments you know with a million things um just i'll pay attention to it but it felt nice to go like this just doesn't hurt i don't feel this this is not about me
0: uh, and probably because you have through an education which is hard to do if it's hard to get an education Perspective is only gained because you've had to go through crap to get it. Yeah. Is that you can at times filter out what matters and what doesn't. And Sometimes the stuff that doesn't still gets me. Right. But for the most part, same. Yeah. Right. Like I've, I've focused enough on stuff that doesn't matter. Right. That now I can kind of see it coming and I can sometimes stop the spiral. Right. I still get there at times. Yeah. Or if I'm just in a weird place or a bad place and it hits me just right. You're right. I wish we value. We. I, I won't insert you into me. I wish I valued because I do value them, but I wish I valued at the same level the positive things, yeah
1: it's hard for me to let that in sometimes, and I don't know why that is either. It's almost like um I never yeah, I never let that impact me in the same way as the negativity, and I don't love that about myself I, I want to let if it in we the just treated it the
0: same well, Yeah, we're not we're not even you and I both aren't saying here, we wish that we valued the 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 positive comments more one to one. If we just valued it the same, totally, we would still come out a winner because I feel like for the most part, people like me. Right. Some people don't, but I also don't like everybody, so I shouldn't expect everybody to like me, right? Exactly. And this is adult perspective that's kind of creeping in on the unhealthy thoughts that I've always had. But if we just valued it the same, like somebody says something nice, somebody says something negative. Okay, well those two are the same. Let's just remove those all together. We're even. I would just be in the positives. Right but totally. i I still I
1: struggle still with
0: struggle with that sometimes right. too, especially when it's something that's not true right and for me, getting married has been a a great help because my wife is not in this industry right in any way whatsoever does not like it she doesn't hate it, but it's not she's not drawn to it at all right actually she's been drawn less to it being in it because she's like, oh, I don't like being public. people are mean to her for no reason right so it makes her go it's not it's not for me because I haven't done anything to expose myself to get this sort of criticism. Sure. Like I'm, she'll say I'm not you. I'm not trying to create a career where you do have this happen to you. People will have opinions. I just exist, and people come at me. Right. And so it's made her not enjoy it more than she already wasn't enjoying it. Sure. But it's also been great for me because I can be with someone who isn't sitting in this. This. Tornado of entertainment, if it's TV, radio, music, right. whatever it is, it's gonna
1: be very, really grounding.
0: Well, for you, for you. So I know it is for me. That that yeah. that's what I was gonna lead to. So now, when you go home, because you are very involved, yeah, for you have been for a long time in Nashville in music, as big as it gets. Can you go home and since you have someone that's not fully yeah. in it, not be in it for a bit?
1: Yes, and. Uh, when I met Johnny, we met down in Dallas during COVID because it did not exist in Texas. Um, and so the first day that we all hung out, it was with a group of people and we all wound up at this thrift shop. And it just so happened that there was a TBP shirt at the thrift shop, which I was super offended by. I was like, who's getting rid of this gold? Um, That's hilarious. <laughs> it was really bad. Yeah. And so he got the shirt and he had no context for anything that I had ever done in music. Like, if I a young, it's not a song that was on his radar. His taste in music live very, very esoteric. Like, And it was nice to kind of just have, I don't know, the first person to accept me just like 100% for me and to know that there was so much purity in that. And like, he thought I was hilarious just based on my sense of humor. You know, it wasn't like, I'm going to laugh at your joke so I can try to like score another day. You know, it just felt wholly accepted. And so he still just, he understands our world more now just because he's gotten an up close, you know, view of it, but he doesn't care. (laughs) He just doesn't care. And that helps me also not care about certain things that I would typically obsess over and spin out over. And it's just been nice to go like, Hey, I'm building from the ground up again, you know? Grateful for the TBP Foundation, I would say there aren't a million favors that are coming towards my artistry because of that, which I'm totally down for. Um, so we're in some respects, our family is grinding all over again, but it's been nice to have his stability to sort of separate from the way the grind felt the first time. It was full on, twenty yeah. four seven, four years. It's con- you know, it's consumed, consumed.
0: So it, it, the parallels hilarious. So my wife, I would same right she usually she had went back to get her graduate degree she was living in California she didn't listen to the show she didn't know anything about and her friend we had a mutual friend that's from Oklahoma where she's from it's like hey you two should meet you know whatever it was was also an organic meet everything about it was what it shouldn't have been which was organic because now just a lot of stuff's not organic now Uh, or maybe that is organic now but to how you know I grew up how we grew up and so I would balance unhealthily balance myself because I'll be like, how does she not know I've done this stuff? Yeah. She should like be like in awe that I <laughs> like, because she, but then I was so happy she I it was like I would I would never let myself be fully happy because I was I loved it. She didn't give a crap about it. I know. But then I was kind of like
1: But like yeah, but, no but, a little but, bit But <laughs> like gas
0: me up a little bit because of like my achievements. <laughs> totally. I feel that. And so i I'm, I'm <laughs> it's been a high wire that I've my ego has had to walk a little yeah. bit. Because there are times and she'll tell me, she'll go, hey. Would you please let me know when something's a big deal?
1: Right. Right.
0: Because I won't sometimes and I'll get my feelings hurt when she doesn't acknowledge yeah, it. That's and she's cool. like, I don't live in this space. And she's very mature, way more mature than I am emotionally. Yeah. She's like, I need you to let me know when something's a big deal because I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And so that's what well, that's our communication in this world of entertainment. I love that. Like that's cool. If I get a show, a TV show, and it's like I don't really care. Not that I don't care, but it's not that big a deal. Sure. I'll be like, not not that big a deal, but right. sometimes I'll be like, you need to throw me a dinner,
1: right? Like this is like this is major, <laughs> but that is a
0: mature part of our relationship. Now, how did that go with you guys? With again, she's learned a lot about it, but right. she didn't at first. Was there like an elementary class you had to teach him on things that are <laughs> I entertainment think
1: for me? Where it comes up or came up earlier, you know, in our relationship would be like if he was always surprised if I was recognized somewhere. He's like, I'm sorry, wait, how does that person <laughs> know you? And I was just like. You should just do a deep dive. You know, like I, I'm not really a person that ever felt um, like a star or like a celebrity. Really, we were so inside our bubble of just grinding that I don't know that there were many times that we just sort of sat and enjoyed that side of it. Um,
0: do you regret not enjoying that side of it, or do you think that actually allowed you to succeed more because you didn't?
1: Yes and no. I, I wish that I had felt the, um, the fruit of the labor a little bit better. Like, I think that would have felt nice. I do think it helped us grind, but I also think it made us not compromise in certain moments that we should have to keep our career trajectory a little more stable. Like, I feel like if I understood from the outside looking in or looking at us, how much there were parts of TVP that were so revered. Um, despite what was happening like behind the curtain, which was really complex at that time, professionally with the people we were working with, I would have gone, let's protect this and figure out how to navigate what's happening. The Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, let's figure that out to really protect and guard what we have here. Um, so for that reason, I wish I had understood it a little bit better.
0: The Bobby Cast. We'll be right back. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. Talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Evan Moss Backrack as Shell Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution: One Woman, One Time, One Place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at Audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. <sighs> This is the Bobby cast. I want to jump way ahead, but I do want to come back and I'm going to plead ignorance to a couple of things um, okay. in just a second. <laughs> but I, I do want to talk about now because it, was it, did you give it a certain amount of time or was it just a feeling where it's like, I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm giving it a run again and by myself. And I know what's going to happen when I go back, everybody's going to want to be like, Oh, I love you. Or why are you back? Or I didn't love, you," you know, because it's not like you're just a new artist. You're a new artist. you're a new artist that people already have some sort of relationship with. Right. So was it strategic to come back after a certain amount of time or was it just a feeling inside and you're like, let's just go?
1: I think it was a feeling that I had more to say. You know, it was really, it's a difficult uh, path to feel like you're relevant and then you're irrelevant. And that's not even the ego side of it. Like that's the artistic side of it for me, for my songs to be heard and be being sung and... Irrelevant, and then to not have the art respected in that way or even heard, right? Even given the shot, that was what really drove me to go like, no, I'm not trying to book a year of TBP shows at this amount and just fade off into the sunset. Like I want to be part of the future, not just the past. And I understood what that meant, which is like start from the bottom again. And there's a grind that comes with that. But for me, it was about the relevance of the songs and the art, um, being modern and being future-oriented and not just past-oriented.
0: Did you have a certain piece of creative content, uh, that could be a song, that could be a poem or whatever, that made you go, oh, God, I I don't want to just be that person that everybody knows me for. Like, I want to be my own. Was it based on anything that was kind of a trigger point for you or did you just always know and you were just kind of, at one point, I'm going to get back in?
1: I spent a lot of time during COVID writing songs by myself with my acoustic guitar. And by nature, I'm a folk writer. Like If I Die Young is a folk song, right? Obviously, a country has its American roots music. There's folk. We got rock and roll. There's a lot that goes into the body of country music. And so I've always felt like my songwriting fit best in this genre. But during COVID, I had not reconnected with just myself as a songwriter without anybody else in the room in a while
0: why did you do that though why did you reconnect well like what led to that what triggered that to go i need to reconnect with myself
1: just the stillness of covid like the stillness of 2020 and we had come back home from the west coast because Reed me and i lived out there for several years and came back to our farm in east tennessee and it was just like i have nothing to do every day but write songs during the day and drink margaritas and watch the bachelor at night like that, that was my covid um And I was also in a really kind of lonely place there. Like I had not met my husband yet and really wanted love and my own family. I wanted that to develop in my life. And so that body of work and those songs that I wrote, I would never release now because it doesn't feel like where my spirit is. I'm in a much happier and healthier place. But the nuts and bolts of writing in that way and the transparency of the lyrics that I was like, whoa, I've arrived at this new place of just songcraft for me myself and I that inspired me to like let's get back home let's get back to Nashville let's get back to country music and let's see if I can bring what I love about this vulnerable writing forward with me and maybe that's the future of my voice.
0: Did you have to build the confidence back up?
1: I had to build confidence back up on the heels of a of a divorce. I um went through a divorce so personally. And, personally. Yeah. yeah. Hope was always super easy for me to find. I didn't like lose it that much um but Coming back and getting back on my feet after that, and everything that that just does to your self confidence—it does it to anybody who's walked through it. You know, um, that took a minute to rebuild. What do you mean?
0: I haven't—I have been through a divorce. Hopefully, I—I didn't get married until I was forty, so yeah, I waited a long time. Never thought I was going to get married. Yeah, never really wanted to get married until I met my wife. Yeah, and so I'm gonna, again. I'm asking these questions not because I want anyone to be like, oh, look at the—I'm generally sure. curious, and I feel like we, you and I, can talk openly and for sure. What what happens? What do you, you just? You feel like you you didn't. I, I think the exposure
1: something. feels terrifying, oh, the exposure, right? Because it. you just whether it's to their friends or their family or the public at large, like you're sharing every moment with this person who knows you for better for worse, and then all of a sudden, it's like the person you're the most terrified of because they have they all everything. the ammo of your life. You know, it wasn't even about like public exposure. It was just like, okay, now I'm sort of in opposition. To this per- that felt very disorienting to me because in my family, when I grew up, you know, it, it felt like a really safe environment. And even if, like, you know, it all hit the fan or somebody was going through a moment, like, you protect that information. You protect that person until they get on the other side of it. And all of a sudden, I was just it, – it. that was just a, a really – like, it did a crazy thing to my mind.
0: You talking about that, I was with my therapist. I was in therapy a couple of days ago. Do you go to therapy at all? Do you have to- Definitely. Okay. So I was, for me, it's been an adjustment to be and to be somewhere safe. Yeah. My whole life didn't have right. family, didn't have safety. My wife is extremely safe. Yeah. But it's so foreign that it doesn't feel safe.
1: Yeah, it's, it's new. Because
0: it's it's so new. And I was yeah. my therapist was like, "What? You, he asked me. He said, where, where do you feel safe? Just generally. Where have you ever felt safe in your life? Did, where do you feel safe now? Period.' Thought about it for a long time, and I said. You know, I feel like now I don't have to worry about paying bills anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel safe there. And he was like, but what about your wife? I said, you know, that she, that's the safest. I know my, with my mind, Yeah, that's the safest thing. But when we get in a fight, I'm still like, is she going to leave? Right. And his whole thing to me was, you know, you've developed differently and slower, and in yeah. some ways much faster. But when you talk about safety, I can see how that would be such a difference for you. Yeah, Because at Both of us have had safety and it's been unsafe at the same different places. Yeah. So it's a shock when the other happens.
1: It's a shock to your system. And for me too, it was not only, you know, just like the exposure of somebody who knows you and can almost like just reject everything that that was. I was like, but why, what did I do wrong? Like, what was I not enough? It just really almost, I think every other bit of criticism had come from the outside me at that point you know it's like career criticism whatever but that was the first time that the critique was like in my heart yeah. and I just hadn't felt that way before um and I don't know maybe he had certain feelings of that as well in the end but it, that was just it was a moment in time that I had to sort of like start to do things on purpose let's let's figure out what to put hope in and how to like muster hope on purpose let's do that with our confidence let's do the work let's go to therapy let's work ourselves from the inside out again and, and rebuild and ultimately i'm grateful that it all happened because now i don't do anything on accident like i'm not standing on my own two feet because i've never been sort of blown by a strong wind right. you know they're just like planted here because i've done the work to to know that
0: they're firm now is there an appreciation for safety now because you had it before, and then didn't have it, but now you understand how valuable it is.
1: Absolutely, and I found that in my marriage as well. Um, we were raised very much believing, and that that marriage is forever, and that we when we said I do, and we eloped to Vegas at midnight after eight months. You know, it was like this is us deep diving forever, and I think we both approach our marriage like that every single day, and you have to, right? Because A lot of crazy stuff has even happened the last couple of years that we've already walked through as a couple. And it's the security though of walking through with somebody who's not just gonna like leave or it's gonna feel too much for. He'll never get to that point. He has really strong emotional shoulders, you know? Really? Yeah. And he helps me shoulder all the things and vice versa. He's had a lot of, um, the inception of his life had some really crazy experiences. And the first weekend we hung out, we just shared all that with each other. And I was like, This is my person. This is a safe spot.
0: Uh, He is one of the riders on Black Corvette.
1: He is. Yeah.
0: (laughs) How, what, when?
1: So we started Black Corvette actually at our honeymoon. Um, We honeymooned in Palm Springs for a month and we did it. A month? A month. Yeah. It was really, really fun. But we did it in like August of 2021 and like heat wave. Like, I mean, I think the heat index was like 115. It was so hot. The AC went out at our Airbnb. It was just like amazing. We just stayed in the pool all day, drank Palomas all day. It was so much fun. Um, But we had some guitars out there. And I really wanted to tell the story of kind of like the black Corvette is our spirit animal. Um, because when we decided to elope, it was very spur of the moment. We were in L.A. and we wanted to drive to Vegas. But I was like, we got to put some like tests in here. If this is the right thing to do, like if somebody will let us rent a black Corvette, and drive it no from L.A. to Vegas. And we can do it today. Then this is meant to be today. If not, we cannot go get that's, married.
0: That's really what happened. Yeah.
1: And so, like, the first guy that we called, um, uh, I name dropped. And he was a fan of the band. He's like, I trust you to take my car. And so they let us take it on a road trip to Vegas and back.
0: So you found a black Corvette.
1: We did. First call we made. And I was like, okay. And then everything, like, we didn't have an efficient. And the Little White Wedding Chapel was closed early. It closed like 8 p.m. We weren't going to make it till 10. So I was like, man, I don't know. I guess we just like start taking off in this Corvette and the pieces will fall in place. And so I just Googled like 24 hour efficient. And there was this woman who went to Vanderbilt, got her divinity degree there, worked Glenn Campbell's Gentle On My Mind when it was a radio single, which is like the song that we got our Grammy for, for re-recording. And she and her husband, who looked just like Chris Christopherson, um, showed up. And married us at midnight.
0: Yes. Where
1: we were at the win. We just got a hotel room
0: and the black Corvette feet. thing blows my mind. That that you guys were like, <laughs> if we can find and you found a black Corvette. Yeah.
1: So every time we see one now, it's like, pay attention. We're either on the wave or something is coming to us. Like we need to pay attention.
0: Do you guys own one? Not yet. No.
1: And now we have a baby. I'm like, okay, I guess we can use this for date night with the whole two seats, but uh, we don't yet.
0: You're only three months into having a baby, and so again, your life has shifted and. In- You've had to modify in ways that you don't even understand. You're gonna always have to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm told. I don't know. What do I know about?
1: I'm Baby. told too. I don't right. know yet, but I believe
0: them. And what I like about having this conversation with you is how you let it. You're like, ah, I was never around babies. Me either. Mm-mm. So, do you got? It's only three months. So it's an un, almost unfair question. Are you guys trying to um, prioritize? Still trying to have an identity as a couple, not just a couple of parents.
1: Oh, yes. We talked a lot about that even before we got pregnant because it was like – and I think that's also an important thing for a kid to observe, you know, as we grow in our couple. I want our kids to always see us as, yes, mom and dad, but also like, hey, look at this marriage. I want that for myself. Like I want to set a great example for what he eventually will look for in in his life. And I already even now I like pray – like, you know, God let his wife, whoever she may be today, just let her have a happy morning. You know, I believe in partnership, um, the security of it, like we've talked about, but also like I think great, great things are born from that. And I want our kids to have every bit of confidence in his home so that he can inject that confidence into his heart and let that flow from there. Um, So, yeah, we definitely have like found the right, folks to come in who are so sweet and love wit as much as we do for the five hours that mom and dad need like a night.
0: Was it hard the first night. time?
1: It was, although the night nurse was the first and we were so sleep deprived. I was like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And he was crying. I was <laughs> like, I'm so sorry to hand him to you like this, but thank you for being here. So it just felt like a blessing. I think that we would get a little bit of sleep that night.
0: Did you think you would cut Black Corvette when you wrote it?
1: So the funny thing, I mean, yes and no, like I loved it. And then the Bloom project and Super Bloom happened in two sessions. And so we cut Black Corvette in the first session, um, but did not put it out until Super Bloom. So it's not that I didn't even love it. It didn't feel like it fit into the first five. And I think it was just like the part of the narrative was kind of like not there for me yet, but it felt like it had to be a part of this Super Bloom moment. Like before we move on and before I tell any more of the story. Whatever right. I'm going to say next, it had to. We had to tell that part of our narrative.
0: We mentioned before you and I started, um, we were recording. We we're talking about Bloom. The summer it came out, Super Bloom came out end of October, just mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, and it was five, and now it's nine. It's yeah. like it's a a deluxe EP, is that it? So, I mean, it's basically an album. I mean, all the to, kids are
1: putting out the deluxe. Right, EP, right. It's a chefs. super
0: deluxe. They can't get any more deluxe than this. <laughs> um, but again, with your music and you returning. Did you feel like, okay, the songs, they need to be good, but also the message of the story has t- Would you have just put out great songs that meant nothing?
1: I don't think I can do it. I don't think I could even do that with TVP. And that became some of the struggle, to be honest. Um, like, I feel like in some respects, our whole career hinged on. It was like BC and AD was that song Chainsaw, you know? Like both with our relationships behind the scenes, but also the public, I was just like, I cannot wrap my head. I love the writers. I think it's a great song. I did not think it was our song. And I really, really struggled with having to make that like the single that was growing our career um, because it just didn't feel authentic to me. And I feel that way about my music. Like I, I have to be able to emotionally connect with it or feel like it's something I would have said. Like Better Dig 2, not an authentic part of my story at that time. I was being a storyteller, but it was a story that I loved mm-hmm. to tell. Um so that's kind of how I feel about my own music. I needed Bloom and Super Bloom to be probably the most highly narrative of what I will put out in my career as a solo artist. I think I put so much pressure on. That was like a bar for me. I have to have lived every word in these nine songs. Um, I think that can loosen up in the future. Like if I want to do a breakup song and I'm not actually breaking out my husband, yeah. I'm down to do that because that's a story that I and a
0: character that I love
1: to tell, Um But this project had to be
0: every word of truth. I thought that might be the case because again, you only have a first time to have a first time. Yeah. Except you get a second first time, which is even more rare. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. So you kind of want to be very direct and deliberate about what your narrative is. Yeah. Um. Even looking at some of the writers that you wrote with, like I, um, we're friends with Sasha Sloan, and Henry. Like they're, I love them. They're just awesome. Now I've never done anything creative. Yeah. We hang, we, we hang out, or Henry and I will play golf or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know them in that capacity. I just know them as people. I can enjoy their work if I'm just consuming it. Right. But when you're writing with Sasha and Jimmy's been here before, and I know Jimmy yeah. Robbins, and, and you know you guys, which what song did you guys do together? There's one, uh, burn, burn. Burn the house. Is that the one that you guys th- you three wrote together? Yeah. Okay. To work, what is it like to work with her? Because she, like you, you kind of know what you get pretty quick. Yeah. And you also will decide. Do I like it? Right. You two are very similar in that way. Yeah. What What's it like to write with Sasha?
1: We've written several times now. The first write was Burn the House Down. And I just loved her because, like, what you see is what you get. And I'm not, like, a highly emotional. I'm highly emotional. I don't think I'm, like, like, for instance, on Christmas morning, I could get everything that I wanted as a kid, and I wouldn't get, like, over the top excited about it. You know, I was just like, cool, this is really nice. I feel like Sasha's very much wired in the same way. Like our temperaments are very compatible in the writing room. Um, the day that we wrote Burn the House Down, I had had some stuff going down that day. And so I just kind of started the session with like, Here was my morning, you know? And then I think she was like, Here was my morning. <laughs> and Jimmy was like, How about we say it like this, you know, to Rise from the Ashes, you gotta burn the house down. And it was just this perfect blend of like feeling safe in a space to be vulnerable with what was actually happening and also her sense of melody and the way that she has her little dark tinge and the way that she likes to write things, I totally resonate with. Um,
0: It just really felt very meant to be. And it was a really quick write. We work well together. I'm such a fan of her work. I like her as a person, but I can definitely separate the two. Yeah. Because I don't ever work with her. Right. I'm such a fan of her her work and her writing and her...
1: amazing
0: (laughs) and it's just like you know what you're getting even musically you just know who you're getting you listen to a song and a half it don't matter if it's and most of them are not up tempo right but you just you know who that is but i feel the same way with you a bit with even with this project and what the first track on it is uh, you fools gold which is basically tell me if i'm wrong here referencing you guys trying something else that maybe you shouldn't have like when you guys were in the band perry
1: I won't say initially trying something we shouldn't have. I'm always down for people to do the exploration. When you say the gold, though, I feel, that's gold, that, that's where my mind That gets. was the result. Got it. Okay. Right? So I'm like, I'm always down for the the exploration. I, I'm a type of person, like, if I have a question, I have to have an answer to it. I can't really take somebody else's word for it always. Maybe I wish I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was incredibly important in some respects that we took the steps that we did. But I definitely thought the outcome would be different. And so… For me, it ended up like, oh, I was chasing this thing. Was it because somebody told you it would be different? Did
0: you Fool's fu- gold to me is like you're chasing something because somebody says, there's gold in them dark hills. And you get there, there are no hills or gold.
1: I think it was more everybody saying, hey, you've been successful in this space. You're going to be successful in this space. There is a plan that has to be executed to go from this space to this space. And I don't think that we had, um at that time, the team to really help us make that real. But I also think that... By nature, I, I'll speak for myself. I'm more built to be a country singer-songwriter than a pop artist. That's what I resonate with. That's how I communicate. But I think there was this part of me that's like, well, we can do this, we can do this. We love everything, so we can do everything. Like and I'm you, and a fan you, and of you everything.
0: crossed over accidentally.
1: With if I die young. Yeah. Yes. And I think that getting that early taste is honestly all we wanted to do over and over again for. A lot of reasons. Um, that path on other songs was cut short for us. And I just really wanted to get back to the full run. Like let the song go to number one at country radio. And then if the world wants to hear it, then let's go do that run. And then that's going to take us internationally. We love to tour over in Europe. You know, so that's for the career arc. I just wanted to keep teeing that up. Always starting in country music and rooted here. Um, but. I don't know. I just felt like when the business – I hate it when the business gets in the way of like the creative, you know. But that definitely in the, in that moment got in the way of what was happening creatively. And so I guess it was like we sort of found ourselves in no man's land. And that was really, really like a challenge. But ultimately, I'm baked as a country artist. It's
0: what I do. It's what I love. It's what I'm good at. I don't even think anybody questions. That. I, I don't know how you feel because you receive qu- remarks from everybody all the time, right? Yeah. Anybody that I know, even not super in the business, I, no one has ever come to me and said, oh, Kimberly's full of crap. She's back in country because she had to be back in country. Nobody <laughs> says that. Like, I don't feel like no. you have to, like, prove yourself as a country art. Do you feel like you have to prove yourself as a country no, artist? No, I
1: think it's more like I have to answer why we ever m- stepped forward out of that in the first place. And our intention that story has gotten
0: so i don't even know warped the story. over the year
1: well i think there were a lot of voices that were like they just left country in the dust they didn't care and that was not that was not true well like the article i was saying earlier um on the tiktok it was like they just decided to do this thing and they just had hightailed it out of here and it's like well <laughs> first of all it's not what happened um i know that that's the story that got told on our behalf in a season where like for a million reasons, we just couldn't really tell the real story of what was happening. Um, and that's sad to me, because that was never our intention. So I think I, I feel the need sometimes to defend why we stepped forward in the first place, but also to own that at the same time. It's like defend it and own it. You know, so there's you can move two on sides. Yeah, yeah. And and that was what Fool's Gold was for me. Like, let me say this: it was not everything that I was hoping it would be. Um, But it's also nice to come back and, like, feel rooted again. And I think people give me the benefit of the doubt and my intentions are pure. And I have felt the warm welcome back to country
0: music. I think they do, even without you around, give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah.
1: And that means a lot to me because that's not something that I just assume somebody should offer.
0: I agree. And I don't think everybody does. I think most people do. And the people that don't probably because they have a relationship with you or your people. or And I don't know this firsthand because I don't know that. I was here, but I don't. I just never got wrapped. I don't know the story. Yeah. All I know is, because I was. I'll get to that in a second. I have one more song. I want to ask about your new project. One okay. more thing. Um, monsters, which is the parentheses Wits lullaby song. Yeah. Um, I got like four more questions. But so, is that a song that you you play him or did is it, did it was it just kind of inspired by, I, what like what tell me Wits lullaby why?
1: So um, I found out I was pregnant, and for whatever reason, I was just like I, I kind of have to write lyrics and melody at the same time like I can't just go like oh this is a really lovely melody what's it saying to me like the words I just will just jam and have my um like the voice notes on my phone and for whatever reason I started to sing that thing about uh ain't no monsters under the bed no history hanging over my head it's something that I felt for myself in that moment both from just like the entire history of my life. I feel like I was at this place. I was like, I'm not scared anymore. I'm not scared to be me. I'm not scared for people to know exactly what that is. Um, I do feel a regained sense of confidence and maybe even a confidence I have never experienced before. And then I found out I was pregnant around the same time. And it was like, I loved the idea of getting the pieces in your life organized and cleaning out the clutter in your closet to be able to make space for like, Another person to come in, whether that's a relationship, whether in my story, that was for our son to get to come in and go like, Hey, you've got a clean slate here to make this planet anything that you want it to be as much as I can. And as much therapy as I've done, I want to give him like the opportunity for it, it to not have a mountain to climb before he's even started to crawl. You know what I mean? So that's what monsters meant to me. And it also felt like this point of arrival. Um, I felt like I was singing that to myself as well. Like, it's my truth and my lullaby. And I wanted to offer that to our son.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Kind of wondered why you would record it or if you recorded it for the reason of, I'm always going to play it for him. But now that you say that, I understand. The, the context is great.
1: Yeah. Like, there was a moment I was like, Do, is this the offering? Hey, lay your head here on my shoulder. Or is it... There ain't no monsters under my bed. I lay here on my pillow. Like, is it the self-confidence statement
0: or is that offering? And it kind of feels like both, sure. you know? Uh, okay. I got like three questions left and I'm going to again plead ignorance. This is what I know because I don't, when you're like, people hold us accountable. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. And I've just kind of nodded along like, yeah, of course. Cause, yeah. um, Because that, whatever that is, I don't know it. The only thing that I remember is, and I don't know who your, who your management is now. But I, I, I'm at red light. And, yeah. and I know you guys were there. And they were like, yeah, uh, the Vampire's leaving. Red light. And I was like, okay. And that was it. That's all I ever knew. Yeah. And then I saw on Instagram, like, wait, maybe yellow, black or yellow? Again, I don't even remember. But what, I, you, the color
1: of the moment? Yeah. Like the live forever moment?
0: Maybe. Don't remember. Yellow. But that's all I remember. Yeah. But I, there, to me, I never felt any sort of, they are terrible. They suck. They left. But I'm not in the space that you're in. What do you think was the unfair narrative and why do you think that was it?
1: Well, let me say it this way.
0: I'm just confused. I feel like sometimes
1: when, and I feel like I see this sometimes from other artists who have stepped out of the space, you feel like you're fighting with everybody when there's a challenge going on, like behind the scenes. Like record label. Yeah.
0: Got it. Okay. You
1: feel like you're fighting a genre for your identity and, like, to grow and to be rooted here, but also, like, explore and get to expand. Now, in hindsight, I go, I was only fighting, like, a couple people mm. for, for that identity and for that control. It was not country music. And the part of the story that's gotten very lost is that um, we were not trying to leave the format. When we left our first label home, our intention was not to just uh, go sign a pop deal in L.A., Right. We wanted to stay rooted in country, which is why we did the deal at UNG here. And we also had a parent company, which was Interscope in L.A. And that's the same situation that we had been in from the beginning when If I Die Young crossed over um, to pop radio. And so I think all of a sudden what happened was country radio, which was so incredibly, you know, you lived and died by it at that moment. um, That rug got really pulled out from under our feet. Like I remember going – to do some radio shows promoting our our next country single, a song called "Comeback Kid, that we put out at UMG. And I would have these PDs kind of come up, the heads of these stations, and they would just say, thank you so much for being here. I cannot play this song.
0: Because?
1: Because they had been told that it was an act of aggression if they played it, and that they were not to support us anymore.
0: Okay, so this is a situation where, and don't fill in any blanks here, this situation where it's, it's somebody or some unit is
1: powerful you're, forces. You're,
0: you're not aligned. <laughs> and because you're not aligned, their alignment wins.
1: Correct. Which makes sense to me because, you know, at that point, gatekeepers were such a yeah. such a powerful force. And that was a really heartbreaking thing. And it just kept happening. And so um the the head of our new label at that point, they called us on like a Saturday and they just said, hey um, these waters are really turbulent. And so we don't know how to protect you here and help you keep mm. growing, keep going, I guess, and like see if this can break over in the other side, uh, it pop. And so it was really scary. And it was also like, man, this is such a bummer because I feel like we just gave all of this time to build this this foundation and now it feels like the rug has been pulled underneath our feet. All that to say, that's nerdy music business stuff. But
0: but I need that context because I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Honestly. And, I was and like, so oh.
1: it's really, it's incredibly hard sometimes to see. It's less hard now because there's so much time in the rear view. But when somebody brings the story back up, like the band that killed their own career, it's just like, well, you know, there's a lot that you couldn't see that we were we were dealing with and struggling through. And um, we love country music. As the band Perry, it was never our intention to have that in the rear view. We just wanted to continue to grow and be ourselves at home here. And also, as If I Die Young did, have it expand as large as it could in the world, right? Like that's the dream for everybody. Um, so I think in my solo artistry, it's just important for me to be a defender when I can and fill in some of the blanks that people are curious about. Um, and to really, like, protect our legacy as much as we can. I'm incredibly proud of what, what Vampire a balance. did.
0: All three of those things are. What a yeah. balance.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Adding to protect your legacy is quite the balance. Yeah. With how we started this. Like, how much, like, if I were me, I wouldn't want to talk about it that much because I'd want people to be like, this is the new. But at the same time, it is very important to you. Yeah. And you want to make sure that it hasn't been confused over time.
1: Totally. And I think sometimes silence just allows things to Absolutely.
0: For sure. Silence gets filled in and it ain't ever good for the person that's being silent. Let's take a quick pause for a message from our sponsor. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shell Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer, and the birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. <sighs> Welcome back to the Bobby cast. I'll say this just on, you know, my, cause I, there's just so many parallels. I feel, um, between us and how we communicate with folks and, um, even our careers in a way, but I will go places and I will, and you may not feel as much as I do, but I'll go places. I'm like, I don't, I, I don't want to go in there cause everybody hates me. And my wife will go, why do you think? that? It was like, because I know. I have p- big opinions, and I know I'm probably in there all like, we hate this guy. We don't want. And she's like, Do you know them? Like, no, but I know how people are.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> and she's like, But you're basing all this off of a couple instances. She goes, If you're just going to a random city, let's say you go to uh, somewhere in Iowa, she goes, You'll put some theater tickets on sale, so do stand up, and you'll sell 3,000 tickets. Yeah. Do you think everybody hates you? I'm like, No, because she goes, well, Why would you randomly feel that walking into a room? And why would you let that change? how you're feeling or acting out. Yeah. And she has a great point, but emotionally, you know, I'm. and I don't know if you feel like you're, when you first came back to Nashville, like, I don't know, people don't like me or people think the Bambi, I've never once heard that about you.
1: Thank you. That means a lot to me. I think coming back in, I just didn't know how people were going to respond. I will say it has been overwhelming. Um, how warm everybody has been, and honestly how many people both championed the music of my past but also are like, we have been wanting to hear the solo voice forever. And that has just been such a warm welcome, both in our town, in Nashville, but also in country music at large and, like, the fans. Um, that's been a really, really special thing. And I'm I'm incredibly proud of it, you know, because you just don't know. You don't know how people are gonna respond. And that's back to the thing. Sometimes and I think this happens in life too, right? It's not just our business, but it's like you really only have a challenge with one or two people. And it feels bigger than that. It feels like but it's it's, the world. It's really not. And so that's the perspective that, that I have now that I wish I had had back in those days. It was a lot younger, though, right? Sometimes you only you learn
0: by living. Yeah, perspective. Like we said, yeah. you don't earn it for free. No. To, <laughs> no. That education costs more money than sometimes paying for a freaking college education. A
1: hundred percent. But it's also wisdom that I love imparting um, to, to younger artists as well because I think that there are some landmines that I can help um, artists navigate around at this point. So...
0: Well, I think people are rooting for you. I know I'm rooting for you. Thank you. Like you. Thank you, you. I, I like you. I genuinely like to be around you. <laughs> Even when we would just do show stuff, I would be like, man, you, like, we wouldn't hang out or anything, but I'd be like, Kimberly's cool because I just like say this and she'd say that. Yeah. And we, there was just kind of a an respect and understanding of we're just going to say what we say. And totally. then that's just who we are. And we're not going to be that mad or we're not going to be that. Just, that's, that was just it. So I, I'm rooting for you. Like, Thank I like you. And, and I just want you to know that because if I were you, I'd feel everybody hates me because I feel that way. Yeah and you may not but it's not that's not how it is
1: thank you not thank with you. not
0: with like the normal people i'm not normal i'm a right person. but not with like people that aren't so 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 in the weeds right
1: no 100% i think anybody who is also just approaching it with completely pure intentions right like just do i like this artist's music yeah as a song <laughs> do, good do i like that's her it. as like a lady yeah. um that's and that feels nice and i do feel that love um and I think as time goes on, too, I think the truth always finds its way. And I think I'm really, really proud of the music that the band Perry put out. And I believe time is going to be good to the band
0: Perry and, and I that do memory too. as well. I don't think you even... Again, you're so in it. Forest from the trees. I'm 10,000 feet up. Totally. I'm not searching for a truth. Right. Because to me, it's just good memories. Totally. And that's it.
1: Thank you. I think somebody said... Um, yeah, we just, we miss
0: their, uh, their cheeky lyrics. And I was like, well, I got lots of cheeks for you. Yeah. I got more (laughs) cheeks coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm super happy for you. I can't wait to see what this turns into.
1: Thank you. You And
0: it's never, you know, nothing ever turns into anything, but it's always turning at the same time. And that's, that's, what's exciting. So I'm rooting for you. You guys, which we mentioned earlier, Bloom turned into Super Bloom. So now you really only get Super Bloom. Why would you get Bloom? (laughs) Exactly. You just stream all, um, and then I don't know what, what's, like next year, are you? Touring. Yeah, well, yeah.
1: Bus, baby. I can't Back wait. it? Yeah. I mean, that's my favorite part of all of this, honestly. And I was just, I've been telling everybody, I'm like, if you put 180 shows on the books, I'll, oh. I'll play 190. You know, I, like I can't wait. I know the um. mentality,
0: but it gets me in trouble.
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. I can't wait. But we'll bring a, Johnny will tour with me and we'll bring baby and um, just take the family on the road. I'm really used to that. So,
0: so cool. Good to see you. Do your friends call you Kim or Kimberly or what? KP. KP, got it.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, when KP. I walked in, they said, please refer to Mrs. Perry." And I was like, all right, my bad. Stop so, it, then it um, happened. I did. It didn't happen. KP. All right, well, good to see you. You too. Thanks, Thanks for listening to a BobbyCast production.